swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I'm AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen, so use it wisely. You can also go to your podcast provider, wherever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download it. Subscribe to it. Rate it. Review it. Do what you got to do. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and hop on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. How are you living? I'm living pretty well. Nah, on the better side of getting healthy. Uh, last All week, Theo right. was sick. He had a cold. And now this week, I got sick and I'm getting over a cold. Mm-hmm. But doing better than usual. Um, I rolled a mechanical bull yesterday at a birthday party. Whoa. <laughs> Did you make it eight seconds? I made it uh, 16 seconds. <laughs> got, a, got a future, got a second act in play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was uh, a surprise birthday. Neighbors threw. There's like a, not a ton of people, but, you know, since they're, we all share like uh, a yard together, they basically were just like, yeah, we got, we're having our birthday. Feel free to join. Uh, we got a mechanical bull. We're <laughs> like, oh, hell yeah. So, um, <laughs> like, I'm riding that bull. Like, was yeah. it one of those or was it a, like, oh, I don't think I'll get on it? Uh, yeah, no, it was one of those. Uh, so they, they were controlling it though. It was like the guy literally came, set it up, gave them the sticks, and then was like, I'll be back in a couple hours. Like, so this will be fine. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was, there were definitely some shenanigans. Um, but nothing too crazy there at one point a kid was definitely by kid i mean like probably like teenager was like spun around a little too much <laughs> like they weren't they weren't utilizing the bucking part they were just spinning it <laughs> as fast as they could <laughs> so the person got off they were like they did not know where they were so there was definitely uh the only time I've ever experienced a mechanical bull in the past is obviously under supervision of like a bar say uh I forgot what that one is, but that one on what on Sunset Saddle Ranch, Saddle Ranch, and things along those lines. But this was the first time where it was just like free range, <laughs> like like <laughs> your Uncle Bob is controlling yeah. it, telling you to get on. Like, and I ease you in. <laughs> and the next yeah. thing you know, <laughs> what the fuck your last? It's for that time you broke my remote control karma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, other than that, I've been good. Watch more Invincible. The show's incredible. Uh, how about yourself, Adam? How's your week been? Uh, week has not been bad. I bought myself a little portable air compressor. Got my tire, my tire pressure right. So that oh, was nice. nice. I was thinking about doing that because I've been tired of going to the gas station to get my shit. Like <laughs> going to the gas station, pulling out that dirty ass nozzle. <laughs> it doesn't work half the time too. Like I've got this always broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because nobody when you when you leave something for everybody, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, and then <laughs> they don't give enough of a fuck to fix it after a yeah. while, like because they're not checking. <laughs> and it's also like, where are you gonna go? Yeah, <laughs> I got you seventy five cents. <laughs> yeah, you need some quarters. <laughs> You're like, I got give it to you free. Get some gallons. <laughs> yeah, uh, hell yeah, so you got yeah. tire compressor. You got that. Got that portable air compressor. Got yeah. the car wash. Got the haircut looking fresh. Took uh, some years off. You know how it go. Um, went out, hung out with Grimes. Yes. Not, not Elon Musk Grimes. Misadventures PAC Grimes. Yes. <laughs> hung out with him. Uh, that that went surprisingly well. You know, we went to. Um, I didn't know that we were going to an art gallery, so I got to look at some artwork. Got to look at some very nice young ladies. So that was cool. Um, Went to another bar, ran into a couple of homies that I haven't seen in years, you know, given present circumstances. Uh, went to yet another bar, ran into an old co-worker and another old homie. So that was dope. Went to After Hours, had a great time there. Uh, somewhere in between going to all these places, I noticed that, um, a restaurant by the name of Afudi and the only time I've ever eaten at that restaurant was when I took my trip to Japan. So I had no idea they had one in LA. And that's just, that was amazing for me. So I'm going to be going there at some point, looking forward to that and talking to them like, oh man, I, I've been here before. I wasn't going to Japan. Like, oh, I'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just showing pictures. So I imagine that'll be a nice, a nice experience. But yeah, you know, other than that, just hanging out playing games a little bit here and there. You know, I restructured. I figured out how to work in gaming with my my studying and work and working out. So I'm just going to use games as a reward for studying because I can only study for so long until I just get physically tired. Like, I'll start nodding off. And that's when I know, okay, it's time to stop studying. <laughs> but, but I can game tired forever. So, yeah, when I get tired, stop studying, play games. Yeah, the, that, those, that, that grown man making them grown man decisions exactly figuring out how things fit together you know got to get in where you fit in mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah well speaking of gaming i know you've been getting it in when you can so what have you been gaming on well <laughs> and this is a big well uh the diablo 2 resurrected came out yeah. And I've been looking forward to that forever because I have very few memories of playing very little Diablo 2 in my life. I know I, I really went out of my way to get it back in the day. And, you know, I got it. I played it for a little bit and I just got torn away by other things. Like, I don't exactly remember the experience. I don't even remember how far I had gotten. Like, I feel like I killed the first big boss enemy that I ran to and then that was the end of it in fact it might not have even been Diablo 2 it might have just been Diablo 1 because I remember killing something it was like the butcher or something or other and it was really early in the game I did it and never touched those games again but got the remaster first night I first night I get well first day you know wake up it wake up a little late I wanted to get up before eight and you know at least get like a half hour messing around before work but i woke up a little late booted it up got all my settings tight picked my starting class the sorceress and you know walked around for a bit just got a feel for it listened to some dialogue watched the open opening cutscene, 
and then put it in rest mode. Worked all day just thinking, like, I, I can't wait to get into it. Can't wait. And then eventually got there, studied. <laughs> and then it was like, all right, Diablo time all night. Played until probably like three in the morning, just immediately hooked. I could see all the things in Diablo 2 that everybody's always talked about, you know, even when they exaggeratedly say that it's it's the superior game, it's better than three. Like I can see why they would say that. I see all the things from Diablo 2 that 3 is built on. And it's I it's just amazing. Like I as a Diablo fan, as a dungeon crawler fan, just as a gaming enthusiast, as someone who can play a game for what it is and what time it's from, like I get it and I love it. Like it's that Diablo experience is way more ref- it's way more like refined and simplified compared to what it eventually became in three. But that core experience of running around the map, smashing enemies, building your characters, getting you to loot, progressing the story, it's it's all there. It's all just I mean, the visuals are outstanding. Playing with the controller is is just so proper to me like I don't have many memories of playing Diablo any of them using keyboard and mouse so I don't have that comparison but just playing with a controller it feels right it moves well it looks great there's I haven't encountered any issues I know people were having problems when they were playing online and I believe the issue is rooted in having your online characters with the same name as your offline characters and you know you might lose them but Blizzard's working on a fix I, I, it's it's kind of hard to like organize my thoughts about it because it's I, I've said so much about the Diablo franchise that there's nothing I can say about Diablo 2 that's really going to be any different or new other than like it's obviously remarking of its age obviously remarking of the absence of a lot of QOL features and just that, that modern smoothness and everything however I, I feel like if this was an indie game that just dropped last week, I feel like the world will be going nuts for this because it's highly addictive. It's, it knows exactly what it is. There's a ton of content and it continues to expand with just the, the gear, the abilities. Like I'm starting to get socketed stuff. I'm starting to get runes. You know, I'm getting I'm getting deeper into the skill trees. There's multiple tabs. The builds are more are a little more rigid in that like you pick your path and that's it. Whereas Diablo three, it's like, okay, you you have all your abilities, they all have runes. You can switch these at any time and figure it out. Luckily for Diablo two, like you can uh you can talk to someone in town and respec if you want to, so that's pretty cool. You know, I, I've, I've been coming across equipment where, you know, they'll, they'll have different things that affect different skills. And I'm like, man, I need to try to take advantage of that. And, you know, so I feel like I'm going to be respecting quite a bit. And yeah, I'm pretty far. I think I'm on the final mission in chapter one. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. And yeah, man, I just can't wait to get back in it. I got my sorceress going down the ice path throwing icicles, got my ice shield, throwing out the frost novas. I have a companion who I just realized that I can probably, I can probably outfit with some gear and have them carry stuff. So that's going to be, 
some increased functionality. It, it's I, I can't say enough, man. It's just awesome it, hearing that music, seeing the enemies, hearing the sound effects. Like I feel like I'm playing Diablo three, but it's like I feel like I'm playing an expansion to Diablo three. That's like or a spinoff or something. It's it's very nostalgic. It's funny how it's nostalgic toward the game that came out after it. That's a pretty weird thing for me. So it's awesome. Yeah, man. Can't say enough, but we'll continue to say nothing but positive things about Diablo 2. I look forward to talking about it more as the weeks roll on and I get closer and closer to the conclusion. So you guys can look forward to that. However, AMC, I want to know, what have you been playing? Oh, yes. This is a, this is a joyous week. The past couple have been... Uh... They've been, they've been, there's been a lot of struggle. There's been a lot mm. of frustration. Mm. There's been a lot of perseverance. And, you know, every time I walk in, I, it'd be the same thing playing Wizard of Legend and, you know, getting to the final boss and getting there, but I'm not quite there, but I'm getting there. I know I have it. Maybe next week I have the game beat. Well, I can finally say I walked in today. I booted up Zoom, hopped on there. I was, I, I felt like I was, I was wearing the championship belt. The title yes, because yes. I finally took down that Wizard of Legend, that master, I think Sutra is his name, or something along those lines. But yeah, the, I took down the final boss in Wizard of Legend. It was absolutely awesome. It was epic. It was uh I did it in my first run of the week. I pretty much only get the game on Friday and Saturday because I have the game at nighttime once everybody's asleep and mm-hmm. I had that window. And so I, <laughs> I jumped on Friday night. And that that I'm just playing through, and you know that first run uh, of the week is always a little rusty because I'm yeah, I'm just like trying to like get down all the all the moves, the skill sets, um, like uh, the dashing, my movement, and then like re- like you know just getting familiar with the enemy types and things on those lines. And so it started off a little rough, but as I'm doing there, I'm 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 getting good uh, cursed relics, which is um one of those things i skipped early on in the game because you know it's that that gift and curse but then i started to realize that there are ways to you know that every curse is something that's necessarily going to affect you in the long run if anything they could just be momentary like problems but you can overcome them and so that was the case in one of them one of the curses is that it took away some of my health but it um it gave me oh yeah it's a big one so it it took away some of my health which I could obviously recover, but what it gave me was uh, it gave me in I guess an extra life. Once I'm taken out, I can get back up. Uh, you see this in uh, Hades. I forgot what they're called, but like a death defiance. So basically, I got one of those from this cursed relic. So that was huge. That will come into play later. Uh, I also got another cursed relic, which um, I no longer was able to collect chaos gems. The chaos gems is basically the currency that carries on with you after a run. If you say you lose, then you can spin your chaos gems in the hub world before you go back into another run. And so this curse relic made it so that I no longer collected chaos gems, like as far as like placing them in my inventory. But what happens is every chaos gem that I picked up after getting this curse relic, then just contributed to my damage. They just compounded. And so every chaos gem, I'm just like getting stronger, getting stronger. Hell yeah. Um, and then to top it all off, I then got another item that basically gave me more health and more armor based on how many cursed relics I had in my inventory. So it just compounded all of that. So that all just contributed to making my character just, you know, just more of a, a tank and 
in a way, just giving him a little bit more survivability and also giving me more damage with the other curse relics. So felt a little more confident as I'm going into this final run, work my way there, get to the final boss. We're doing our thing. I'm now at this point, I fought him enough times where I kind of know what to expect, even though I still can't avoid everything that he tosses my way. And so I'm, I'm keeping my distance. I'm getting off my attacks. I'm doing pretty well. And then in that final phase of the fight, he's just, you know, he's on me and I'm, I'm getting in my shots, but he's getting the advantage. I take him all the way down to his last bit of health. He lands a shot on me, drops me. And now two weeks prior when I was playing Wizard of Legend, I got to him. Same situation happened. I was pretty much whooping his ass. And then he started whooping my ass. And with one shot left, he took me out. He only had one shot left. And yeah, I dropped my ass. With this one, though, because I had that curse relic, that uh, we'll say death defiance relic, uh, he drops me. I see an X above my character as he's, as he's posed up. I hit X. Before he can even recover, I take a step next to him and I fire off like my special, which is like this fire uppercut. And I was like an all you can and fucking drop his ass with that one shot. Um, and so, yeah, uh, took him down, got my gold trophy, walked through the entire end of the game. It was pretty dope. Uh, so the way the game starts out is you go through this uh, uh, museum exhibit and it's like the Wizard of Legend uh, exhibit. And it's just showing you like all this stuff. But this time, uh, as I'm going through and it's like, oh, like, like, oh, like, these are what the previous uh, Wizards of Legends, like, this is what they did when they beat the game. It was all of my stuff. So it showed, like, all the spells that I had equipped, all the relics that I had equipped, the cloak that I had equipped, um, the different um, merchants that I came across in my run and things along those lines. So that's all now in the exhibit as, like, uh, you know, I, like, as honoring my victory so that's pretty cool so i have that all recorded <laughs> so i can always go back look at that shit um and so yeah i put that down felt absolutely amazing went right to bed and then i kind of had this um debate of what i was going to do because i pretty much i was debating between death loop and eastward um death loop because it's you know just critically did so well and the more i hear about the game the more interesting it sounds to me eastward because it's a game i just been highly anticipating so i was like fuck i want to play this game but then i realized metroid dread comes out in like two weeks so it's either i would start one of those up and odds are then i'd have to start metroid dread later or what i decided to do is basically take these two weeks off in a sense as far as like playing a new game um and wait for metroid dread to come out see how that you know how that does and based on that then I'll, I'll, I'll pick up a new game and so because of that i hopped back into hades adub that was absolutely amazing because i had that rolled credits i just beat hades and then i was like all right i'm done with this <laughs> i took a break um but then after hearing like all the stuff that you said that comes after the fact after you beat hades in that first run that they um i guess like unlocks or just becomes available as you go through uh, other things i was like you know, punishment those aspects <laughs> Yeah, well, the main thing was I wanted to fight, uh, was it your boy, Karen? Yes. <laughs> oh, please tell me you did that. No, I still haven't had that option yet, so uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I hopped in. I was already in the middle of a run. Like, I basically just started another run just to see what was different. And then after that, um, I guess I had taken a break. So I started where I left off, basically continued on that run. The game, you know, it's just an, an amazing game. Just, like, fits like a glove. Everything that you love about it, you sort of immediately remember. Um, I'm, I'm still like um, 
getting new dialogue with certain characters. I still have to give gifts to other characters to then get those, you know, those charms. Uh, so there's still a lot more left in the game. So it was great. So it was, um, it was a really like something that was perfect as far as I wanted something relaxing and maybe I wouldn't necessarily say Hades is a relaxing game, but the familiarity of it uh, makes it relaxing. So I think it's pretty like, relaxing. Yeah, it's a it's awesome game. And so yeah, went back in there, played some Hades, also played some uh Super Mario 3D World Marissa. Uh, we got a little farther on this, you know, perfect run level, but we're still not quite there. We got really far. We thought we were at the end of the level. And then, you know, they just opened up another part and it's like fuck, and then we died. So it's just that one's just gonna take a lot of hours and experience before we're able to just get through it. But loving the games I'm playing right now. And I love the games that are coming. So, A-Dub, you know, let's just get right into it. Let's get into these topics of the week. Top topics of the week. You want to you wanna lead off this one, A-Dub? Well, like, it, it's kind of a package deal. It was a pretty, it was a pretty slow week, but we got a big hit from the big end coming through, saving the day mm. with a direct September 2021 Yes. Yes. Nintendo showing us all the things that we can look forward to over the next six months. They've got new games. They've got old games. They got services. <laughs> <laughs> they even they even had a little special surprise for everybody in the form of a movie. So oh, we'll man. just get we'll just get right to it and start going down a list of things that were revealed. One of the more interesting products that they showed off was the first ever 3D open world Kirby. Yes. Yes. Yeah, man. When they showed it, I was like, is, is Nintendo doing a, the last of us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Post-apocalyptic. Yes. Yeah, like uh, it takes place in this abandoned city. Everything's run down. There's animals and, and, you know, overgrowth of plants reclaiming what was once theirs, the natural world coming back. And then it goes to the beach. You see that little puff ball dusting itself off, wiping off the sand. And Kirby is just let loose on this massive 3D world. So it's still the Kirby that you know and love, but in 3D, you're still going to have all the classic Kirby moves, being able to fly, being able to, you know, suck up and spit out enemies swallow them and take their powers all those kind of things get that get that master sword get that master <laughs> sword hitting them with them sword combos cutting up the knees of giant enemies <laughs> <laughs> riding stars through the streets so yeah man everything you loved about kirby but in 3d amc how did you feel about kirby and the forgotten land oh man it looked absolutely amazing um yeah, this is definitely one of those ones I'm gonna buy. I ha- actually haven't really been into a Kirby game in a in a while, in a minute. I want to say like since like the OG Game Boys, the last time I played a Kirby game, mm-hmm. um, and it's I enjoyed the only it. Kirby game. Yeah, I was like the first one. Uh, yeah, it might have been. Uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed that one, and just I fell off of Kirby. Always enjoyed him in uh, Smash Brothers, and that was basically my experience of Kirby up until this point um and so yeah this is the first one now where i know they put out the other one where it was like a, a four-player game it looked fun but i did hear it was a little you know a little on the easier side and so it just wasn't a game that immediately appealed to me uh but this one going open world and just seeing some of the uh the action and also just some of the um the environments that you'll be able to you know uh traverse and and only the way kirby can with his his flying his hopping and all that stuff um it's 
it looks pretty it looks pretty crazy uh i like how even show like how you can so with well, what a double say and how you can you know take the enemies in and get their powers and some we'll say metroidvania-esque uh aspects of that in that like they showed him he was in like a spike suit and then he rolled it into like a wall ended up like breaking the wall open and things on the line so you know, there's going to be hidden parts to the levels and you'll have to utilize certain abilities to access those. There's a lot going in uh, for this game that um, really opens up like Kirby uh, as far as like, you know, the 2D brawler that you come to expect from Kirby. This one adds a whole nother level with the exploration that I think will just really uh, get people to see another side of Kirby that's like beyond just the uh, the fighter. And so um, because of that, that's it's definitely a game that I want to see more of, especially and I want to see uh, a little more of that world building that like um, that you don't get a ton of with like Kirby games. So that that's all going to be great. Um, this is definitely a day one for me. Uh, I see it's coming out spring 2022 so yeah 2022 is just 2022 is just stacking up to be an insane year oh, man. yeah it was already significant with just the big tentpole titles announced by sony as well as microsoft but now with nintendo dropping an entire slate of products in q1 alone like god it you we were talking about it in the pre-show. It's basically like an entire console generation worth of hits in one year. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be coming early that year, too. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, out in spring, but they showed more stuff. Yes, they did. Um, the one I will discuss, this is an expansion on what on something that's been familiar up until this point, if you've had a Nintendo and you like to play online, you know, we've had the Nintendo Switch online, $20 a year, very affordable. Uh, always had the NES games, had the Super NES games uh, available for you there. Um, but now they decided that, you know, they're going to take it to another level. And we heard that there were rumors, but now it's officially confirmed we're going to have N64 and Sega Genesis games added to Nintendo Switch Online in the version of an expansion pack. So this this is basically a higher tier of Nintendo Switch Online. Um, As far as what we know so far uh, is that it's going to be coming. There are at least more details. It's going to arrive in October, but we don't know the price yet. As it gets closer to the launch of this expansion pack membership, um, we'll get an idea, yeah, of the the price and the actual the actual date of launch. What they did let us know is what games are going to be launching with the service. So, as far as you know, as far as the N sixty four games go, we're going to get Super Mario sixty four. We're going to get the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Ooh. Mario Kart sixty four, Goddamn, Star Fox sixty four. That's the one. Sin and Punishment. Never heard of it. Dr. Mario 64. Didn't even know that existed. Mario Tennis 64. That's a that's a serve. Winback. That's that's the one. That was <laughs> like that was the I believe that was the first game that lets you use cover to some extent. Yes. <laughs> that was groundbreaking. Like I played that when it came out. <laughs> I was like, this is some shit. I got my wall on the back. I mean, I got my back on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And it's still, yeah. I mean, it's still a pretty dope. And then uh, the last one being Yoshi's Story. Uh, those are just the N64 games. As far as Sega Genesis goes, we have Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Streets Classic. of Rage 2, oh. Echo the Dolphin, The Original Dark Souls, Castlevania Bloodlines. Oh, snap. Contra Hard Corpse, 
corpse. Hard, hard corpse. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Never heard of it. Golden Axe. I feel like I feel like if you played a Genesis, you played Golden Axe at some point. I did not play Golden Axe. All right. Uh, Gunstar Heroes. <laughs> Busha. Uh, Fantasy Star 4. Rister. <laughs> I don't even know if that's right. Uh, Ristar. Rystar. Uh, Rystar. <laughs> Shining Force. Shinobi 3. Return of the Ninja Master. And Strider. So we got a couple bangers in there. Shining Force was like one of my... I want to say it's like the first tactical turn-based game that I ever played. So it'd be nice to see that that's on the collection there. Um, they also announced that there will be more games coming, uh, especially they only focus on N64 games that would be coming down the line. But in that lineup, we'll, we will get to see Banjo-Kazooie, Pokemon Snap, Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Mario Golf, Paper Mario. Oh, yeah. An F Zero X, which looks pretty tight. Yeah, and then on top of all that, you know, you got your, you got your Genesis. You can kind of get by on that, but people are like, "How am I going to play these N sixty four games with my Joy Con?" And they said, "Don't worry about that, because we have we also have pre orders available for wireless N sixty four controllers and Sega Genesis controllers for the Switch." God damn. <laughs> so if you're if you're all about that. Nintendo online life, um, you might want to get some controllers. Um, I mean, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I never played Majora's Mask, so that's like immediately like something that might interest me there, uh, as far as like doing that upgrade. And there's just so many other games. Uh, are there any games that like kind of jumped off the page that you remember like just having a good time with when you know way back in the day? Uh, well, this is this is a two prong answer. The ones that stand out to me, of course. Mario 64, Ocarina of Time. Is, those are classics. Win back. That was surprising. Um, on the Genesis side, Echo the Dolphin, it was nice to see that come back. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, those stood out. But for the second prong of my answer, what also stood out to me was the lack of certain games that I think would have resonated well or at least deserved to be put back into the public spotlight. Uh, games like Pilot Wings. Or on the Genesis side, I really think this had this could end up being a missed opportunity to reintroduce the world to Sonic Pinball. I, I don't know how I got a hold of that game, but I, I played it and I enjoyed the shit out of it. It was Sonic the Hedgehog, but in pinball format. So it it was still Sonic, which was so weird. And I'm just you know, flipping them. He's rolling, <laughs> hitting enemies, hitting boxes, giving points. And I, I don't know. It was kind of different having that Sonic experience driven by the need to get a high score and prevent him prevent him being the ball from falling beneath the flippers. So you know, that's just that's just a couple of things. Looking forward to Paper Mario eventually being on there. F-Zero X, I think that's going to be an excellent addition. I didn't know that there was a N64 version of Kirby, so I'd like to at least see that. Uh, again, just more reasons to own a Nintendo Switch. What I also find amazing with this news is that, of course, it would be Nintendo that can not only sell you the old games, but can also sell you the old peripherals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I remember... 
No, I'm thinking GameCube because I have the Wave Bird. But in, in the same vein, it's just kind of cool how they can sell you a wireless N64 controller as a brand new craze. Mm. So that's pretty dope. But, you know, when you think about it, it isn't as if Microsoft and Sony had dramatically different control schemes. Like, if anything, they've just built on and iterated their original control scheme. So it's not like you need the original PlayStation controller to enjoy remasters and old PlayStation games. So that's, that's just a little different. It, I mean, I think it's kind of cool that Nintendo is carrying forward this kind of stuff. I also very much enjoy the concept of Nintendo selling Sega Genesis games. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's hilarious to me. Did you, uh, back in the day, did you, did you have the Rumble Pack for the N64? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That I was had like, that pack. I had the RAM expansion. <laughs> yeah. I said that the little opening like on the N64. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you said, Rumble, Rumble changed the game. Once I could <laughs> feel what was going on, granted, in the most cursory, <laughs> the most cursory like method possible, but you know, it's, it was still additional data that made the game feel more real and gave you feedback that informed you of exactly what you were doing. So yeah, that was huge. I wonder if it's going to be built into this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't mention that. It's just uh, something that's so specific because like, it's yeah, that was you're now you rumble is expected. Like it's uh, it's weird if you don't have rumble. And so like actually having to have this like, separate thing that you attach to your controller was absolutely amazing and it just that that controller like eventually just like just became like a life on it on its own and nothing it they never did it they never went back to that <laughs> that's like what made it like just so unique that's why i, I love that n64 controller <laughs> rumble was an add-on yeah <laughs> Hey, make your controller shake. It's one and nine, nine and nine. Nine and nine. You want to keep it moving, though? Anything I'm just else? reading a blurb real quick to see. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about the rumble. So. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll be selling that later. It does. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, moving along with this topic, they started off the show by revealing new content for Monster Hunter Rise. That Sunbreak expansion. This is going to be a massive expansion, and it's going to have newly added stories, locales, and monsters, as well as newly added hunting actions and quest rank. So, this is coming in summer 2022. I've only played Monster Hunter World, but I've heard excellent things about Monster Hunter Rise, and they continue to support it with additional content uh, what they showed off there was a giant black dragon it made me think that maybe this was skyrim related or you know given the the purples and the pinks of the environment and just the overall tone of what was going on it made me think like is nintendo getting tiny tina borderlands <laughs> like, is, is this what's happening but no it, it's monster Hunter rise sunbreak so you know, if you're a Monster Hunter Rise fan, you might be looking forward to this. AMC, do you have any plans on getting Monster Hunter Rise? Uh, no, I 
Not, not right now. I'm, I'm actually, if anything, I'm going to wait for that next Monster Hunter World game. I do oh see... Uh, World 2 is going to be huge if they do. Yeah, Monster Hunter Rise, I have seen. Is, it's, I mean, it's doing well. Every time I look like NPD, any of those things, it's always just charting. So um, it, it's, it's still found its audience on the Switch. Um, and it still has a lot of great things going. But, you know, I just have so much going on right now. That's the only reason why I'm, I'm hoping that by the time Monster Hunter Worlds, that next one comes out, you know the schedule will be a little clearer and you'll just have a right pocket where i can just hop in there and play that um so yeah but yeah this one looks great and i'm, I'm curious to see what they add in this one i believe like even in the monster hunter rise like that initial trailer seeing a dude writing like i guess like they took control of the monster and they were writing it like how i was right how amc was writing that mechanical bull yesterday yes. 16 seconds baby yeah so <laughs> I, I am curious to see what they had they said it's a massive expansion so when they say massive i'm expecting huge <laughs> they lied to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got anything else for them yes uh we we got an update on the game that is hotly anticipated by your boy uh this one being project triangle strategy oh. we now know what the game is going to be called it's going to be called Triangle Strategy. The worst <laughs> name ever. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does it mean? Um, yeah, also, just kill all that noise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'll just read straight from the IGN article. Uh, Square Enix's tactical RPG project Triangle Strategy is now called Triangle Strategy, and it will be released on March 4th, 2022. Oh, yes. Don't have to wait too long. The team has been fine-tuning the game ahead of its launch, and the updates include adjustments to difficulty, uh, uh, improvements to on-screen visuals like the UI, camera controls, and the ability to review prior dialogue and streamline game flow and loading times. Uh, so yeah, seems like uh, they put out like a demo. They clearly took the feedback of people because one of the first things they showed is an easy mode option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know that was one of the first things somebody yeah, asked for. Yeah. You know, this game is awesome, but I'm I'm noticing that um I'm running into some trouble every now and then. <laughs> so. I'm noticing that uh I have to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like it if that was uh simplified or you know removed. Yeah, if there's just a skip off. So yeah, um so we saw that the game still looks absolutely amazing, but the big thing for me here was the the release date reveal. We know that we won't we will not have to wait too much longer. And once again, we got Kirby coming in spring. We now know we got Triangle Strategy coming on March fourth. We got like so many other games coming from the other publishers. Uh, it's it's absolutely insane. Like this first quarter, a dub. Like this first quarter might be the greatest quarter in video gaming ever. <laughs> within <laughs> within uh, roughly a little over two weeks. We have Horizon Forbidden West. Uh -huh. We have Saints Row Reboot, Gran Turismo 7, and Triangle Strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks. Unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Oh, oh wait. And you know what else, too? Uh, Sifu comes out February 22nd. Also. Sifu comes out <laughs> within a week of Horizon. <laughs> Five games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to figure out that one because there are just too many games to play like right around that time. And well, I know I'm gonna be playing Horizon. That's yeah. that's happening. I know that I'm going to get Sifu. It's 
not imperative, but I do want to support something like that earlier rather than later, just to signal that that's the kind of product I want to see and, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm not in the Nintendo ballpark. Uh, Gran Turismo is going to get purchased. That's happening. So Saints Row Reboot, I, I hope that it comes together well. I'll have to see more of it before I decide whether or not I want to get in on it. You know, I've never been too high on the franchise, so that's probably something I could wait on. But yeah, man, but Triangle Strategy, geez, another reason to get a Switch. They already got Octopath, now they got Triangle Strategy. And I find this game a little bit interesting because of that whole beta process and how the development of the game is taking into account player feedback. So I think that's cool in certain respects, but once they started going down the things that they tweaked and tuned because of player feedback, it was, it kind of read like a laundry list of just gamer complaints. Uh, easy mode. Uh, the text is too small. Uh, I want to, I want to be able to skip all the dialogue, but I want to be able to read it later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hilarious to me, but you know, a hey, whatever, it's just going to equate to fewer complaints when the game does come out. So, you know, if the worst thing that people can say about the game is that it has a strange name, then I think Nintendo has done everything correctly. I especially love the voice acting. That alone, uh, that alone is really making yeah. it very tough for me to continue on Switchless <laughs> because, man, those, those performances sound top grade. And I would just love to see these. It's, it's awesome to see high quality production values put onto a pixelated game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to hear those kind of voices coming from these kind of visuals, it's, it's, it's the perfect like materialization of what's been happening in my head throughout the 16-bit era whenever I was playing games and just reading dialogue. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, man, to have that, it, to see it, like when you were playing Octopath and I heard the voice act, I was like, wait, Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Octopath was the one. Uh, yeah, like it already has like you know, you can you can expect a great score in a lot of video games, but then when you when you when you take it to the next level by adding in just top notch voice acting, it's yeah, like you almost feel like you're watching a play that you're somehow in control of, um, and that carrying over to Triangle Strategy. And we already know, like, just based off of, like, how that gameplay looks. Like, when I when I saw, like, after I was finished with Octopath, like, that was a tough game. I really enjoyed it. But I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I want to just hop right back into another Octopath-style game. But when they showed that they were taking it to the next level and going tactical turn-based, I was like, okay, they've they've done enough of, they've, they've made this one stand out on, on its own enough that I know it's the great development team behind Octopath Traveler, but now they're trying to do something different. And so that was like, just that, that sealed the deal as far as like another day one. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fucked, but I'm, it, I mean, it's in a good way. I love when developers, when, when games can give you a problem in that, like mm-hmm. they're so good. Like Deathloop did that to me where I was like, all right, I'm definitely getting Eastward or Metroid. And then Deathloop comes out, gets like a 9.5. Everybody says it's like the most the greatest game that they ever played. And it's just like, well, fuck. Like now I have to like consider that game. Um, just in just on the level of I've enjoyed 
plenty of like Bethesda's games so far, especially the first person style of games. Uh, but I've been playing Doom, and this is like completely different from Doom. And so, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's I love when these type of problems like pose themselves to me. And so, yeah. Once again, Q1 is going to be absolutely crazy next year. I like that you characterized it as like watching a play because I never thought about that. But now that you say it, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like it's with these high quality, like realistic character models and motion capture, it's like watching a movie, but with pixelated games like this, where everything like has that, that like in motion, but not moving kind of, kind of feel to it. And Uh then everything just like moves exactly to a spot and then turns and delivers their lines and then move. Like it's, it's so orchestrated and precise. Like, yeah, it's, it's like watching a really good play. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it like, I, I would feel like this is what it would be like to watch a, a sh- like Shakespeare. Yeah. Back, back <laughs> when it was live. <laughs> and like you're sitting um, on the, you're sitting in like the balcony. So you got like that overhead view. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. pay the little, the little four shillings. Yeah. <laughs> Get the binoculars. Oh, man. Four pence or whatever the fuck you pay. <laughs> uh, any any other games that you um, that caught your eye or any other announcements? The announcement that caught my eye the most, especially given the recent news about a remake, as well as you know rumors about developers finally getting their hands on a long held exclusive license. Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic is coming to switch in november <laughs> <laughs> yeah in so, time. yeah so it's not like it, you know it's not a remake it's it's not a remaster it's just nice to be over public <laughs> it's coming to a new platform i think this is absolutely awesome because i feel especially now with star wars being so prominent in people's lives and with the opening up of the license to other developers. It's nice to see Star Wars games coming to other platforms. And it's also nice to see the older games getting revisited because we know Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake that's going to appear first on PS5. But the original game, in my opinion, is still something that people need to experience. And for the longest time, it was exclusive to Xbox and now it's coming to Switch. So if you're into Star Wars, if you're into role-playing games or if you just like great games in general, I highly recommend that you give this a shot. Yeah. And that's like the beauty of it being a remake is that they can do a lot different to make that one stand on its own. And with that, like you're going through your own experience of playing Diablo two. And so now like those people who say didn't experience the first Knights of the Republic, it's like, Oh shit, well, I can now hop in this one get a taste or just play through it. And then by the time the next one comes out, I'll be familiar with the original product and I'll get this thing. That's now like a newer version that had like, like that's going to do things differently, but also familiar, uh, at least, uh, you know, take a little from the original content to, to appeal to those original fans. And so it's, it's a way to, you know, preserve the, the original experience while also getting something new down the line. And I think it's a, it's a smart uh, move just to get 
get it out to as many people as possible, the original version. And then by the time the remake comes out, you have all these people who are very familiar with the project, super excited to see what they do with the remake. So yeah, it's, it's a good move to put it on the Switch. And why not, especially a game like that, to have it on the go? Like, it just seems like a match made in heaven. Yeah, and you hear a lot of people, whenever remakes or remasters get announced, like, oh, all we have are remasters and remakes are making too much. <laughs> with, but when you look at it objectively, there is like look at how much we're talking about how stacked 2022 is like there's no way that too many people are going to be able to play all the great games that are releasing in 2022 in 2022 like you're going to be taking a long time to play all those games and all the while there's going to be newer and even better products coming out a lot of games are just going to get lost and forgotten and this is not a new condition because back in, the, back in the good old days, gaming wasn't as big as it is now. So there's a lot of really great classic titles that never got to be in front of the audiences that they probably deserve. So these remakes, these remasters, these re-releases, like Knights of the Old Republic being on Switch, this is an excellent opportunity to give these games not just a second life, but a second chance to be as successful, recognized, and acknowledged as they truly deserve to be. Because it's one thing for media outlets and you know message boards to be awash with discussions of the greatest game of all time or having you know March Madness style brackets of greatest game ever made. But however, it's another thing for the greatest games ever made to be put back into the public sphere and given additional time to shine in front of a larger audience. So this is awesome. Yeah. Um, another game. So this one was announced four years ago and mm. we, we've been waiting. I, I believe I even saw like articles of, you know, from uh, the director behind this game basically saying like, I, I can't wait to show the public. It's not my choice when the game is shown, but when you see it, you're going to be as excited as I am for this game. And so yeah, we finally saw it. We see the, uh, you know, we saw those signature, the signature gun high heels, <laughs> uh, everything we know and love, that being Bayonetta 3. So, uh, yeah, four years after the reveal, we finally got to see some gameplay. We also know that there is now a release window of 2022. So mm. the year just continuing to get stacked. Probably, uh, definitely not the first quarter. So expecting later in the year, we know that uh, Breath of the Wild 2 is supposed to come out in fall. So Given that, I'm sure this game will be somewhere, I'm assuming before then, um, but who knows. Uh, we did see some, some of the gameplay, as mentioned. We saw a, a lot of the, the stylish action that you would expect from a Bayonetta game, but with a little bit more because we see we saw this huge monster just you know show up in the city. The wrecking uh, shit. shit. The <laughs> army is there firing rockets, machine guns. Their weapons are yeah, just getting wrecked. Their <laughs> weapons seem to just have no effect on them. Bayonetta shows up. It's like, I'm going to handle this business. Yeah, but instead of just whooping that monster's ass, she decides, I'm going to summon a kaiju of my own. <laughs> and what was awesome about that is we see that there are multiple kaijus. I believe um, the one that I remember mostly is the spider one. <laughs> yeah. Climbing down the side of the skyscraper. <laughs> It's like you're gonna be able to use the terrain like that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, and so yeah, this is just a follow-up to 
a game that was already great. Uh, Bayonetta 2, I believe IGN gave it a 9.5. So, you know, already has a, a, a strong history behind it. And seeing that they're going to be taking this game to the next level with the kaijus added in. Um, we did see a little bit of a tease that A-Dub mentioned. Um, who, do, who did you say he, he, you thought he was A-Dub? So, according to IGN. Yes. The end of the trailer also showed a mysterious character who looked a bit like Virgil from Devil May Cry. Oh. Crossover, anyone? <laughs> oh. You can play with my friends, I get to play with your friends. <laughs> yeah, for, for as, like, I don't want to use the G word, but as, like, generic and plain as Virgil looks, that silhouette is unmistakable. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, yeah, yeah. get that Devil May Cry crossover character action crowd. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it's it, getting is, served, man. Is the character action internet going nuts? <laughs> I, people are going a little nuts because your girl Bayonetta sporting a couple braids, like mm. big ass pigtails. Mm. I'm, I'm loving it. Is she get, is she getting woke, woke Netta? <laughs> no, no, she would need a shaved side. For that. <laughs> yeah, like oh no, I'm not woke Netta. Nah. <laughs> Oh, mercy. Uh, yeah, this game looks uh, absolutely fun. We saw her, what, fighting like a subway at one point. <laughs> she fighting was... a subway, riding a kaiju into another kaiju, <laughs> kaiju. as the city crumbles beneath them. Like, it, it's an off-the-wall action that's going on. She, like, uh, I think I saw at one point, like, a kaiju, her kaiju, like, pins a kaiju, like, up against the wall, I, I believe. And then she jumps on, like, a rocket and then rides that into the kaiju. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, this is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, I've never played a Bayonetta in the, pla- in the past. Uh, I was very interested in Bayonetta 2, especially once it got reviewed. And, you know, people seem to very lo- very much love that game. Um, it's been on my radar. I just never got to it. And this one looking absolutely awesome. Uh, I think this might be the, the point to jump into that franchise. If not, maybe jump into Bayonetta 2 to hold me over in the meantime until 3 comes out. Yes. Mm. We got uh, more announcements. Yeah, I mean, we got a big one, Adev. I'm waiting for you to get to that one. Is there oh, anything you want, else you want me to get to it? Uh, I was, gonna, I was gonna hit them with the the smaller like announcements of an announcement. <laughs> okay, what, what, what was that? Well, there were a couple of them. First one is that Super Smash Brother Ultimate's final DLC fighter will be revealed in early October. Yes. So you can see that presentation October 5th, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Easter. Mm. Um, yes, it'll be the final Mr. Sakurai presents, and it'll bring an end to all, or it'll bring to an end all the major updates to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So I imagine a lot of eyes are going to be on that. There's, it might be a lot of criticism depending on what they show. <laughs> <laughs> so you can bet your sweet ass we're going to record it, and we might just have some trolls of the week <laughs> and then another announcement to an announcement that they have was that animal crossing will get its own direct in october and brewster and the roost are coming soon yes yeah uh, any any interest in that chocobo gp that that final fantasy <laughs> inspired uh kart racer game no interest in it but <laughs> respect and admiration for it because it looks straight up like Mario Kart, just Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just put another skin on it. it like, Mario Kart, it's it, simple copy and paste, like mm-hmm. hitting, hitting the question blocks <laughs> or the, the question crystals, I should say. <laughs> and 
you know, just uh, using the boost to speed, using the power slide to get the boost to make yeah. sure you go faster, throwing the Final Fantasy objects at each other and stopping somebody cold in their tracks as you pop them in the air. You're just looking at Mario Kart. You're just a Chocobo on skates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what could have made this game, I mean, it did look, uh, you know, it looked cool to see Final Fantasy uh, elements in a, in a kart racer. But yeah, I almost felt like it was, you know, we, we say this term, uh, a missed opportunity to really like just, you know, give this one to the Final Fantasy fans in that like, I didn't see a lot of Final Fantasy characters. Like you see the uh, memorable ones. Yeah, you see like a lot of the recurring characters like the Chocobos, the, uh, was it the, the that that magician i was gonna say evie or or vivi basically vivi yeah yeah the Uh, blackface magician yeah that that blackface magician Uh, and so yeah you see the The jawa magician yeah i believe we saw some uh some of the uh the summons as far as like infrared and whatnot so they might be there but um yeah none of the um the characters like Kefka, Cloud, Sephiroth, like those Tina. characters. Yeah. And so if they really wanted to get into it, they'd had those characters in there that would have taken it, you know, just another step like higher, like as far as like the fandom goes to really, you know, appeal to that crowd. But I, I see you. I see what you're doing here. And it, maybe if the game's good enough, maybe we'll support it in that way down the line. Uh, yeah, any other sh- games? They straight up could have had Terra in like a repurposed Magitek armor racer. Oh, and could have had an alternate color where she's Tina with the blonde. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say uh, Artera, and then um, Celeste. Was it, who's the one that had the? Uh, did Terra have the Esper form like later? Yes. In the game? Yeah. So they had like you get a, like a block, and that's like her her special is the Esper form Terra. When you get when you get the quote unquote power star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flying as an Esper, knocking people out. Yeah. So before we get to the the big announcement, were there any other games that you uh, wanted to like the quick hits? Quick hits. Uh, they revealed Splatoon three. Yes, uh, and and the return of the mammalian single player campaign. Yeah, and so, the popular I mean, franchise Splatoon continue. Yeah, people are games. into it. I remember online, like um, we were talk. I think I was in a discussion where we were talking about Sony Santa Monica and Fat Thor. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody for some reason brought up the comparison, like, "Oh, yeah, I mean, what if they made Call of Duty with water guns? Nobody would want to play that." And I'm like, "So we're just gonna pretend Splatoon isn't a thing?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're on the, they're going into their third game. <laughs> yeah, so Splat- Splatoon definitely popular. This is excellent news for people who are fans of the franchise. So I'm looking forward to see you know all the celebration and the fervor around that. Yes. Let's get to the big announcement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your man Shigeru-san, yes. Shigeru Sama, came out, blessed us. Yes, <laughs> in, in only the way that he could, with just that ear-to-ear smile, <laughs> that that gentle voice, <laughs> that Mar- that Mario T-shirt, <laughs> just uh-huh. revving at all corners. Yes, Shigeru Miyamoto has not only given us the release date of the Super Mario Brothers movie heading to theaters in North America December 21st, 2022, but he also revealed the voice cast. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, this is interesting because we know, you know, you're excited for a Mario movie, but a lot depends on, you know, the people, the, the talent that's involved with it. So this is very important, A-Dub. 
Yes, it's very important. And I, I want everyone to remain seated and just get ready for a succession of hit after hit, hit. after hit. Yeah. So playing the titular role of Mario, Chris Pratt. Yeah, makes total sense. Makes total sense. Uh, playing the role of Peach in what one would say is a pretty big gambit is Anya Taylor-Joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Playing the role, the supporting role of Luigi, we got Charlie Day. We got Dayman, Master of the Nightman. <laughs> oh, I'm Champ- messing it up, Dayman. <laughs> Champion of the Sun. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Loved his role in uh in Pacific Rim, the second yes. one with uh John Boyega. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and my girl, and my girl Kaylee Spaney. <laughs> Loving it. And uh, what Ivanka Sa- Ivana Sokolo or something like that. Sokolo. She was dope. We need to follow her career. Mm. Next, playing the antagonist, Bowser. Right. Yes, Jet Black. Mm, makes when they showed his picture, I was like, "Yeah, that's Bowser. He's already Bowser." <laughs> yeah, he's been preparing for this role his whole life. <laughs> oh, but the hits keep coming. Playing the legendary role of Toad, Keegan Michael Key. Yes, the moment I saw him, I was like, "Oh, thank God." Yeah, he's he's good in anything. Um, everything he does is awesome, and the fact that he's gonna be playing Toad. Is just taking it to that next level. Like, I, what I love about this cast is like, I almost feel like all these people, you know, it's hard to imagine that there isn't a person who, like, hasn't at least played a Mario game at some point in their life. And so it's just great to know, like, all these people are just jumping in and playing the, these characters that they've been familiar with their entire lives. <laughs> mm. Like, these are, this is just a, this is just, a list of dream jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the list is just a little bit longer because playing the role of Donkey Kong. Now, this is kind of a shocker because I was like, oh, Mario movie, you wouldn't expect immediately, like, okay, Donkey Kong is definitely going to be in this movie. And so already um, I'm like, oh shit, Donkey Kong is in Mario? That's dope. All right, but keep going. I mean, Donkey Kong does have a history with Mario. I mean, they, they didn't play nice. In the early days, (laughs) so who knows? I mean, maybe maybe there's like a flashback sequence detailing their sordid relationship. You know, maybe they even go into that whole thing. But Seth Rogen, yes, (laughs) that that laugh. Uh Uh (laughs) And last but not least, because I know people got some shit to say, but they don't need to say shit. The person who has been voicing Mario for all these years will be in the movie. We'll be voicing special characters. Charles Martinet. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes. So, the, so there's, there's a nod, there's a nod to, you know, the, the, the fans who are like, oh, the, uh, the game actors get shafted anytime yeah. there's some type of like movie involvement with these characters. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He's in it. He's getting his check. Chill out. Yes. Like it's it's not like he was gonna be getting Chris Pratt's money. <laughs> like I don't think he has that. I don't think he's on that union scale. So <laughs> let's kind of chill out on that. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who can't chill. There are some people. Yeah. Coming sideways. Yeah. 
They're coming sideways at the direct. They're coming sideways at the movie. They're even coming sideways at topics we haven't even covered yet. <laughs> we got Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Yeah, so for a slow news week, there were a lot of trolls. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't we didn't feel like it would be proper representation to just pull trolls from any one individual story so we pulled trolls from all three we'll try to get through them pretty quick because there's quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> uh first trolls coming at you are going sideways at the nintendo direct first troll says is that it i swear if my fiance would let me i'd trade that thing in now not hating really but I'm super disappointed with it. Not hating, but is that it? You know, I'm super disappointed. And I get rid of my Switch if I didn't. <laughs> I get rid of my Switch if my wife didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> my future wife. <laughs> Do you think that if they did get rid of the Switch, that ring is going back? <laughs> I mean, Girlfriend Games is part of the reason why I married Marissa. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if you get rid of that Switch, you might as well be getting rid of that girlfriend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Next show says Nintendo pushing for a poor man's version of gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely heard like the the Game Pass like comparisons. Like, oh, is this their answer to Game Pass? It's like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> no, it's their option for Nintendo fans. Game Pass is giving you Microsoft first party games and a bunch of third party games. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is giving you Nintendo first party games. And Sega games. <laughs> yeah. So get it right. Nintendo hitting you over the head with classics. Microsoft hitting you over the head with everything else they could possibly get their hands on. <laughs> yeah. And like it's Nintendo. I saw a response that I thought was very, very pointed. So Nintendo pushing for a poor man's version of Game Pass. Somebody was like, Game Pass is the poor man's version of Game Pass. <laughs> Oh, mercy. Next troll says, I'm a pretty big Nintendo guy, but this was a yawn fest at best. Uh, Next troll says, once again, disappointed. uh, Next troll says, direct sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Last troll for Nintendo Direct says, how is anybody defending this Direct? I love Nintendo, but they're beyond infuriating. uh, So... Do you have a Switch? (laughs) (laughs) And why are you following the directs anyway if they're beyond infuriating? Maybe you should get beyond Nintendo and go to another platform instead of trolling articles for Mm. stuff that you don't care about. (laughs) What the hell is up with that? But these next trolls get a little more specific because they're coming sideways at the Mario cast. First troll says, I can't stop laughing. I was like, they have to be trolling us. (laughs) They're trolling you with an A-list roster of actors Mm -hmm. or a beloved property, an animated property, which all these elements taken together by and large is equating to probably the best video game movie that might ever be made. Getting the time and the tension and the resources and the talent that something like this has deserved ever since video game movies have been getting made, you know, getting... This is definitely going to be far and away a 
different experience than the original Super Mario Brothers movie starring John Leguizamo. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for where this is going. I'm very excited for this voice cast. This next troll, however, believes Seth Rogen. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> next troll says, this all sounds so, so wrong. Next troll, absolutely nothing inspired by this casting. This is going to be yet another soulless voice cast of famous people for the sake of having voices people already know. Well, interesting caveat there because just because they're the voice actors for the movie doesn't mean they're going to be using their own voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I hope Keegan Michael Key doesn't approach Toad with just his voice because. Toad does not sound like a tall black man. Toad sounds like whatever the fuck Toad sounds like. And I believe Chris Pratt had a comment saying that he's been working very hard on his Mario voice. And Charles Martinet is on the scene. I imagine he's going to have tips for the cast when they're performing together. So, you know, let's at least see a trailer. Let's at least hear what's going on. You know, Jack Black is going to bring his A game to this. I mean, the man played a woman in Jumanji. (laughs) So, you know, I think he has a lot of leeway. Jack Black has a lot of voice acting experience. He's been in animated films. He's been in regular films. He's very silly, but also very serious about his craft. I mean, Fred Armisen is playing Cranky Kong. And if you know how his voice sounds, it sounds nothing like Cranky Kong. So you imagine the man's going to be acting. He's not going to be, he's not going to be talking in his regular voice as a very old ape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, with, a, with, with a Methuselah style beard. Yeah. Cane. <laughs> Just method. Yeah. <laughs> Next show says, nice. A bunch of generic overhyped actors playing beloved characters. Overhyped actors that bring in multi-million dollars to movies. <laughs> like the, the biggest actors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At this point in time, <laughs> especially Pratt and Joy, like yeah. they're just killing it. Charlie Day, pleasant surprise. Keegan Michael Key, that's just a a big package of talent walking around. He can do anything. He can be anything. The man's got accents. He's got voices. He's going to be bringing his AK. Seth Rogen, hilarious. I'm sure he's going to have a voice. It's going to be funny. He, he did Sausage Party. Give him a break. Next show says, glad they went with big name celebrities instead of voice actors who are cheaper and better. <laughs> so you're worried about the budget? <laughs> yeah. You heard the auditions? <laughs> you know, You know who's best for this? Next show says, yeah, I knew this was going to be awful. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> next troll and last Mario cast troll this is going to be so bad so once again the gaming community defaulting to negativity and pessimism for something they haven't seen something they haven't heard <laughs> they just automatically know it's going to be bad I'm putting my money on this being the first great video game movie like the first great one. There have been good ones. We've been getting some good ones recently, but I think this will be the first great one that changes the trajectory of what it means to make a video game movie. I could be overly optimistic, but at the same time, I'm willing to wait and see what's going on. The potential is there. The talent is there. I'm pumped. Maybe you should be too, or at least be open, but be something other than a piece of shit. <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, it's... Uh... 
like looking at this, like the the moment they went through the cast, so, so that I'll, I'll go back to I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. Then that's when a Donkey Kong um, immediately took it to the next level because I was like, holy shit! Like, so it's not just straight up like just you know a Mario like what like you expect from a Mario game, which is just Mario characters. It was a big deal that Donkey Kong was in uh, the Mario Rabbids game, and so uh, seeing Donkey Kong and he was in it as like a DLC character, so came in later. So it's a huge deal that he's in it. The fact that they got Cranky Kong means that they're like they're really getting into the Nintendo world, which gives a lot of possibility. The fact that like if this movie does well and is like and you know like the the audience likes it and you know is is profitable, like we could see this branching out into a more Nintendo world thing, like a, a Donkey Kong spinoff, maybe a Kirby movie. And as we as we had mentioned, I believe in the past when the first announcement of a Mario movie came out is, you know. If you want to do like the whole Marvel thing, which is build an entire world, build up to this big event. I mean, you have Smash Brothers just waiting for you down the line. And so they could do all these movies, have their own separate movies, and then bring them all together slowly and then have this one big, you know, mashup of all these characters and in, in Smash Brothers as Avengers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, there, there's so much potential there. And I love the fact that they're already getting into it. And as we said, like Sebastian is playing a character that I don't even know who he is. <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that slate of addition, additional actors like Sebastian Metis That's gonna, that's gonna be hilarious. Yeah, one. <laughs> and like we don't even know, like they didn't mention Wario, any of those type of characters. So that's probably play. gonna be Martinet. Yeah. And so that's a, that's definitely like something they could do down the line, like as far as like a sequel movie, have Wario show up maybe as like a villain or whatever. So like they, they have a lot of potential here. Uh, and the cast already looks great. I believe Illumination is the same people behind like Despicable Me and um, what is it? The uh, the Minions. So they, they you already know that they can do like a great movie. Uh, so, yeah, At this is every angle. They have the talent necessary to make this the best product it can be. <laughs> Yeah, and just thinking moves wise, like you know, like it's all about momentum, and you know, the Switch being like one of the greatest selling consoles, um, and then seeing everything that like has been presented as far as like uh, Nintendo World at the Universal Studios Park, how that's going along, and how 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 all those like attractions look absolutely appealing, and another reason to go back to Japan. Um, uh, with like the, the choice of this cast, it just seems like Nintendo just. As far as like knowing their product and how to present it to the audience in a way that is still, you know, respectful of the fans and also has a broad appeal for the people who are just familiar with Mario, but not necessarily, you know, gaming and like hopping on every game that uh, that is available for him. Um, they seem to just have their finger on the pulse of that character and that world. So, man, I, I am so excited. Um, I'm extremely pumped, man. It's, oh, man, it's, it's all the pieces are there yeah <laughs> and like there's no way nintendo is going to build on the success of the switch and the overwhelming just wave of content that they've been bringing to it successfully just hit after hit after hit there's no way they're going to follow that up with a bad movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> like there are too many eyes on nintendo that this is like the height of their success for this generation of hardware that they have on the market. This is not the time for a bad movie. It clearly they're putting in the care 
and attention necessary to make this the best it can be. Hopefully, if it is good and it is successful, this will turn into an NCU, get that Nintendo Cinematic Universe. What I would want to see more than anything is two things, because I'm a big sci-fi junkie. I could say three things, but there are two things that I'd rather see more than the third thing. But I'll give you the third thing anyway. First thing, Star Fox movie has to happen. Mm, yes. <laughs> and like real serious, realistic. <laughs> like uh. just it it could really be just a sci-fi tour de force of space dogfighting action politics <laughs> radio chatter going after andros maybe fighting a giant pixelated face <laughs> or polygonal face it's, was it star wolf in there <laughs> star wolf in there and another thing i want to see second thing more than anything again leaning into the sci-fi f-zero oh yes captain falcon <laughs> Captain Falcon is own movie, but that that could be it's sci-fi and it could be a racing movie. So there could be all kinds of drama and conflict mixed in with mixed in with that on top of just having these high speed, high quality. Again, something that you want to do realistic and have these races, have the drama, have things exploding. Like that would be huge. Third thing, which I would love to see, although I think it would be better if it wasn't made just to preserve the legacy and the integrity of the property. Again, leaning into the sci-fi Metroid movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a given. It's it's a given, but I think I think Metroid is just fine being games. I don't think Metroid needs to be a movie. I, and honestly, I don't think that would be as easy to pull off as a Star Fox or an F-Zero, because I can see those in my head. I can see how those would move. I could see how you could do, like, you could do F-Zero, like Fast and Furious. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> but Metroid, just given how the gameplay experience of Metroid is, like, you'd have to insert some kind of drama in there, and I don't really know how that would move and how action-heavy it would have to be. So, I don't know. But we'll see. Like, there's just tons of potential with these Nintendo IPs. I think people should really be looking at this a bit more optimistically because this could open the gateway to seeing something other than superhero movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's leading into our bonus troll of the week. But first, let me give you a little backstory. Normally, we here at Control Issues don't deal in rumors. This is not how we get down. They can be false as often as they could be true. However, given the run of Star Wars related rumors and leaks that have come to bear fruit, we feel a little confident in covering this one just a little bit, just a touch. There is a rumor that Quantic Dream, developers of Heavy Brain, are going to be working on a Star Wars game. David Cage. I ain't it. <laughs> yeah, so this is just a rumor, so we won't go too far into it, but there are some people who are going balls deep into it. First, Joel says, Dear God Almighty in heaven above, please let this not be true. <laughs> this troll, this next troll, has some layers to it. There, there's a statement, there's a response, and then a follow-up. Next troll says, Getting bored with Star Wars and Marvel. 
to which someone responded, stick to the rubbish WB and DCEU then. Sick burn. Troll responds, LOL, good one. Don't like those either. (laughs) (laughs) So in the words of the great philosopher AMC, so you just don't like anything? (laughs) (laughs) Just out here not liking anything. Don't like Star Wars. Don't like Marvel. Don't like WB. Don't like DC. So like, what is something that you've enjoyed in the past 10 years? Let's make the window as broad as possible there. <laughs> like, do you just sit at home reading the paper? <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand what's going on there. Next show says, one of the worst video game studios on the planet making more Star Wars garbage. How exciting. Next troll, did you hear the story of how David Cage ran out of a French courtroom in tears? Doesn't have anything to do with Quantum Dream making a Star Wars. This motherfucker's just trying to bring that little salt that they've been brining in the basement. <laughs> bringing it, putting it in the wounds. Next show says, how about other big IPs get some games? How about we get a Middle Earth game? Always fucking Star Wars. Shit's old and oversaturated. Old and oversaturated. Well, let's see. We had Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2, we had the first person ship battling Rogue, Rogue Squadron game. We had Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, we had an announcement of a remake of Knights of the Old Republic. We have a rumor about Ubisoft Massive making a Star Wars game. And I'm drawing a blank here at seven and two that don't even exist yet. So, oh, excuse me, not even seven, it's six. So there's like four Star Wars games probably in the past 10, 20, well, not 20 years, because then you'd have to count four, some of these, four, some of these, two. I'm sure there have been others, but oversaturated, fuck out of here. And how about we get a Middle Earth game? Star Wars oversaturated, shit's all. It's like, okay, did you buy any of the other games that were made? Like, did you buy those Lord of the Rings games? Did you buy any of the stuff that's not being made? Because Star Wars sells. And that's why you're seeing it. So maybe if the other big IP is sold, maybe you'd see more of that. Next show says, ah, yes. The universe with the biggest potential for fun gameplay is getting a boring David Cage game. Not a Quantic Dream game, just David Cage. Mm. <laughs> exactly what Star Wars fans have been dying for. Uh, I think Star Wars fans are dying for something like this because up until now, we've gotten nothing but just action heavy experiences for star wars nothing terribly story driven or narrative driven other than a jedi fallen order thank you respawn a david cage game would be able to dive into the the political nuance and just all the interpersonal relationships of characters within the star wars universe it would be able to actually tell these stories and take people to places within the universe that they couldn't go within a video game because with traditional games, it still has to be fun. So they have to go somewhere where there's going to be conflict. They have to go somewhere where there's going to be gameplay. With a Quantic Dream style game, you can go anywhere just as long as what you're doing is interesting and what is happening is engaging. They can tell stories. They can still have combat. It can be in a different form. I'm actually very interested to see what Jedi combat would be like when using like quick time events and going through that whole sequence. Uh, seeing the seeing everything pop up, 
hitting that force push, pushing somebody through a wall, jumping out, careening down just thousands of feet of skyscrapers as vehicles. I'm definitely thinking of Attack of the Clones right now <laughs> in that whole escape sequence. Next troll says, oh, God, no. <laughs> Next troll, so two awful flavors come together to create an abomination. Next troll says, I was worried that I was worried they said Star Trek at first. Sorry, Star Wars fans. This is your problem now. First of all, a Quantic Dream Star Trek game would be phenomenal. So let's keep that on the table. Next show says, which character will Mr. Cage make a new model of for this game? Maybe a Jawa. Who knows? Uh, Next show says, why? I'm so sick of Star Wars everywhere. You look every week, it's a studio making a Star Wars game. Where the hell are you looking? Like, just because you look at the same story every week doesn't mean it's new. There are barely any new Star Wars games. We're actually only just now starting to see a handful. And that's not even with any kind of confirmation that EA has, in fact, let their license lapse or Disney has pulled it. So, you know, we're still waiting to see what's going to happen when that renewal period comes, if it hasn't already come. I don't know. I don't follow it that closely. I just report what's on the front page. Last troll says, the idea of David Cage raping Star Wars more than Kennedy is chilling. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, a lot to digest there. (laughs) A lot of trolls today. Oh man, I don't don't know what to say to everybody. They're bringing you new stuff. How many people have been complaining about EA squandering the Star Wars license. Let other developers take a crack at Star Wars. So tired of EA just sitting on all that potential. It's like, all right, well, here's a new game. And not just new games, but new kinds of Star Wars games that we haven't seen before in the past. And all we get, uh, David Cage, uh, terrible, uh, too much Star Wars. It's like, make up your minds, fellas. It's either too much or it's not enough. <laughs> at some point like you're gonna have to accept the reality that maybe you just shouldn't pay attention because nobody's forcing you to play any of this stuff let the people who this applies to enjoy themselves give a movie a chance before you know before you see it <laughs> before you see what's going on in form of final judgment uh nintendo direct sell your switch whatever you're obviously in the wrong ecosystem if you couldn't appreciate what was going on there we saw triangle strategy we got a sequel to splatoon we got a sequel to bayonetta we're getting in 64 and sega games we're getting new services (laughs) we're getting new peripherals there's a whole lot of stuff going on there's a whole lot of stuff to be happy about there's a whole lot of stuff to look forward to and if you didn't like any of the stuff happening this week there are still things that are in the works from weeks past that we know about to be excited for so there's very much something for everyone coming from all sources there's no reason to be upset with or disturbed by any one thing that's happening amc any words yeah, I mean, one, we, we know nothing about this. We don't even know if it's going to be like, you know, uh, the typical, I guess, David Cage style game that we would come to expect from like Quantic Dream. Um, yeah, they could they could totally, you know, decide to go gorilla with this and just do their do a completely different thing as far as like uh, their approach to this. But 
yeah, if what you were saying, I totally agree with. If they decided to do it the way that they've been, you know, typically been doing their games, it would be a fresh take on Star Wars video games because we've kind of we kind of gotten the same experience that we you would come to expect. You either have a a, a plane f- flying fighter style of game, or you have you know an action adventure style of game, but you never really get anything outside of that. That's why like um, that's a little public just stands out on its own because it is at least like turn based, more RPG driven style of a Star Wars game. And so with this, like um, we saw that they were doing already different things with uh, Detroit in comparison to Heavy Rain, and now if they are developing a game specifically just for this generation, they've now had a lot of time to take their, uh, I guess, engine or a development process to the next level. And we just see something that's at another place. Like we've said in the past with, um, with Insomniac, like all of they, like a lot of these developers are like one game away. And in some cases, like with Insomniac, just a license away from a character that people are already under, like familiar with and um would basically show up day one no matter what who was who was developing it and you just get a great developer behind that property now and it takes that developer to the next level and so at star wars we know it's a product that people are going to show up to buy no matter what because people are so familiar with it and love the, the world that's already been established and so then you take a developer like quantum dream or david cage and you say now do everything that you've done well up until this point Everything that Sony has backed you for and has continued to back you for, now put that behind a Star Wars game. And that might be the thing that makes them more of a household name. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people that's like kind of, you know, excited by the proposition of what this could do, given that they have a, a product that people are familiar with, as opposed to, you know, going into something that's completely new as far as like Detroit um where you're learning all these new characters you're seeing familiar actors playing these characters but yet it's um a similar style of game that you've seen in the past and so yeah um i i'm hoping that this rumor is true because then i can't wait to see what the game looks like i know there are gonna be people who are gonna shit on this no matter what but you know you know how we feel about those people they do yeah they can quit their belly bitching and take it somewhere else (laughs) a, a quantic dream star wars game the benefit to that reflecting on what you said, like it could be anything. With any other developer, a Star Wars game is only can only be a handful of things because it has to have traditional gameplay. You have to be shooting something. You have to be cutting something in half. You have to be jumping. You have to be flying a ship. You have to be racing a pod. <laughs> you know, it's with, with a David Cage style, Quantic Dream, heavy rain as Detroit become human type of game, you can tell any Star Wars story you wanted to and make it engaging. Like it could be an investigation. You could be somebody from the Galactic Senate trying to play both sides of the ball. You could you could be a bounty hunter, you know, walk, going to various places, tracking somebody, talking to others, trying to, you know, piece together a mystery. You could you could be investigating a murder. <laughs> it could be it could have the most humble premise within that massive universe, or it could have the most far flung, just grand premise with, you know, widespread circumstances that echo throughout the galaxy. Like Quantic Dream, if this rumor turns out to pan out in a meaningful way, they have a huge canvas to work their magic with. And I'm excited. 
Um, you have anything else? Any quick hits before we get out of here? Quick hits, quick hits. Nah, man. I think Nintendo Direct filled it out. Yeah. Chris Pratt, I wish you the best of luck. I hope you do a good job. Because <laughs> I, I, I really want this movie to be the best it could be. And yeah, Quantic Dream. Hopefully, you guys are taking a crack at that Star Wars license because I really want to see what you're cooking up and how well it's going to come together. AMC. Well, this is control issues. I have the AMC. Wait. This is a good Thanks for playing. Sucker. Sucker.